You're listening to Go Ten Lisa Podcast, and I am Lisa Waldron, where I talk about random things that affect me, my family, and you. So are you ready for this week's episode? Then go. Go and get your headsets, go and get a comfortable chair, sit back, relax, and here we go. Hi guys. This is This Happened. Guys, I was somewhere. I can't tell you where, but anyway, I was somewhere. And I was next to this young uh, Caucasian guy. Don't ask me why. But then he started a conversation with me in a British accent. Yes, and then he was talking about like this. You know, you everyone who knows me know that I love the royal family, right? And um, some people even think that I speak like um, from England. Um, because some of the words that I use are from England. Um, because... If you know anything about the islands, you would know that it had the British colony from way back then. So anyway, guys, the guy was talking in a British accent. I didn't pay any attention to it at first. But then as he was talking, um, he started talking about how he has a big truck up in England. And I said to him, um, do you live here <laughs> in Georgia? And he was like, no, um, I'm visiting. So I was like, how long? He said for two weeks. So then, um, okay, just listen to what people have to say. No judgment, just listening. And he's talking about something, um, about something and something. And then he's talking about his friend and how his friend brought a truck just like him and how his friend is an idiot. And then he started talking about his girlfriend and how his girlfriend is um, visiting her sick dad, which is an a-hole, and how he talks bad to her and he wants to beat him up. And I was like, OMG, like what is happening here? And then he somehow switched the subject (laughs) to talking about... um, Oh, there is a war going on in England right now. And I was like, really? Because I was about to say to him, I don't watch the news. So in my mind, I was thinking a war. How come I didn't hear anybody call about it? I didn't get a news flash alert saying there's a war going on. So I was like, a war? He was like, yes, with the royal family, there's a war, a war going on. I said, with who? The queen? (laughs) Because I didn't know. You think I would know since I love the royals that much? I should, you know, know what kind of war. Now we all know that there's a rift going on between Prince Harry, Prince William, and Prince Charles, the father, and Meghan, and um, um, you know, Kate. You know, we all know that if you're in twenty the year twenty twenty one, right? And Prince Harry and Meghan just had a baby girl. So I was like, what war? The only thing I read recently was that Prince Charles, once his mother dies, the queen, he's already telling everyone from now before she's even dead that when he becomes king, he is going to reduce the um, the the monarchy to a smaller scale monarchy because all other royal families all over the world have done so. The English, the royal family in England, is the only one that's still big and elaborate because the whole world recognizes them more than the others, blah, 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 blah. We all know that, right? 
but he wants to make it a lower scale monarchy. Um, now that his father just recently passed, he's like making it known. It's like he's coming out of his shell in this old age and making it known because he knows his mother is old and she's already in her 90s and blah, 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 blah. But her family has lived pretty long. Her husband has lived late 90s, her mother over 100. They've lived to a very, they had a very long life. So Queen Elizabeth II is not the type of queen that's going to step down to give to Charles the monarchy. She took it on from when she was in her 20s and she's going to die in it. We all know that, right? The only way Prince Charles is not going to become king is if he dies before the mother or dies shortly, like really, really shortly after the mother and then Prince William will take over. But no, he's already making it known that he will want to slim it down, cut out all these all these other royal relatives who's making money and not doing anything. That's what he said. So I knew about that going on and how... Queen Elizabeth and her husband, before he passed, wanted to leave her favorite, which is Prince um, Edward, the youngest son, child that she has. He should inherit the father's title of Prince of Edinburgh. Well, apparently, Prince Charles is not having it and says, no, he's not going to fulfill the parent's wish. The father's last, di not last dying wish, but you get it one of his last wishes is to give that title to that particular son now if you watch the crown you get a little bit of insight into the royal family which i believe is all true and um you know that prince charles has never had a good relationship he's a firstborn one all firstborn children like me whatever we go through stuff the hardest don't we so that the rest of the siblings can have an easier path i don't know why but anyway prince charles was a little bit different and um, so I knew I won't get into because I was about to talk about the crown and the royal family and go on and on and on. So back to this young man. So I knew about that recent, recent riff. So I asked the young man, what war are you talking about? The queen? Oh, yes. They're about to overthrow the queen. And I was like, overthrow the queen? In my mind, like, who the hell's going to overthrow the queen? And why now? When she just lost her husband. And everything, I said, oh, <laughs> I said, oh, and he was like, yes, it's Prince Charles and his stupid wife. I said, who, Camilla? So in that moment when I said, who, Camilla? I don't know if he realized that I know them all by name or he didn't know their name and he's from England, and something just said to me, like I wanted to ask him what part of England he was from, but I didn't get the chance. And then, um, yeah, so then he changed the subject, and then he was off. But guys, when I saw him again, the accent was gone. There was no more accent. And then when I, when I saw him, he was like, oh, yeah, and that's my truck. So here's the thing. I thought your truck was in England. What the story he was telling me was that his truck was in England and how he wished he could bring the truck here and blah, 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 blah. And how his friend got a truck and decked it all out and his friend did some stuff to his truck. And I was like, but that's his, that, the, that's his friend's truck. The friend can do whatever he wants. It's his truck. But people always slip up when they tell stories and especially when they're trying to put on a facade and they don't know what the heck or remember what they say 
And sometimes it's just best to be quiet and listen, and then you'll see who's real and who's not real. Now, on to this episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode. I am Lisa Waldron, and um, this episode is Life Imitating Art. I'm going to title it War of the Roses, My Family, or maybe I should title it War of the Roses, Updated Modern Version, but you'll see um, which one I came up with um, at the end. But basically, let me set the scene for you, because these are real life events that's happening in my family. Um, But here it is. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there actually is a movie called The War of the Roses. Let me give you a little synopsis of what the movie is about. That stars Danny DeVito, um, Michael Douglas, and Kathleen Turner the best because they also star in one of my favorite movies which is uh, Romance in the Stone very good um, I think it's back in the 80s so yeah so right at, they did make a uh, a follow up movie to Romance in the Stone but it wasn't as good but then they all because their their chemistry is so good all three of them you know Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner always are the couple and Danny DeVito Um, I don't want to say it's a sidekick, but, you know, just brings on that extra element. But, yeah, it's just a good um, dynamic team right there in acting. So they star in this movie called War of the Roses. And basically, it was an up-and-coming lawyer, Michael Douglas character, met this ballerina girl. Um, They got married. I mean, it was wild sex. It was, you know, adventure. You know, they got married. Then they got married. Of course, he became a very successful lawyer. And, you know, they had two kids, a boy and a girl. And, um, you know, she started developing her own... um, I think she made like a pate or something, but she made something in the food industry, which, you know, because she was very bored. She was very bored being a lawyer's wife, and then she created something at a dinner party, and then it just spun off where she had like her own catering. That's the word that I'm looking for, her own catering um, business. And you may wonder, what does what, what is Danny DeVito's character? And he was the one who was narrating the, the movie, War of the Roses. And he also was um, Michael Douglas' um, lawyer friend. In other words, they work in the same lawyer firm. It was his good friend, his best friend. So somewhere along the line, like with all marriages, I shouldn't say all marriages and categorize everyone in that bucket, and it's not even so much with marriages, but it's with any relationship. Two of you are from different backgrounds or two of you have different beliefs. And then somewhere along the line, you grow apart. You start to hate what um, the other person is doing, whether they snore or whether they slurp their soup or their tea. And that's basically what the movie was about. You know, little by little, they were showing what was irritating 
this person and what was irritating the other person. And, and in this case, they were in a marriage. And basically, it came to a point where they were just, you know, discussed. And, oh, how can I forget the, the maid? There was a maid that, that they had a maid, you know, to help them. And they had a little dog. And it just came to the point where uh, Michael Douglas' character had, like, a, a sports car and they had a little dog. And when somebody's angry and they feel like they cannot, like they don't have a way to escape, they try to take out their anger on things that they think the other person cherish or love, right? So that's basically um, the beginning of the, you know, throughout the movie to the point that the friend was like, you know, it just got worse and worse to the point that she did something to his car you know, something was done to the dog, somebody was locked into the hot sauna room, I don't want to give away too much of the movie in case you haven't seen it, but it came to the point where they were just at a disgust, you know, hatred for each other, and to the point that, I'm surprised that it lasted so long, but, but that's what happens, you know, you, you think you're dealing with stuff, and you, you, you're taking out your anger, in little hidden ways and whatever at first it was like so subtle and um it was like you you're wondering did that person actually do that kind of thing and then um it just came late out and late they're actually trying to physically hurt each other to the point that they um Danny DeVito's character pretty much said why don't you guys just get a divorce and they were pretty set. You know what? I don't even know why they tried to hold on, but they did. Um, and it's not even like they recognized it or said that they wanted to make it work or whatever. They both agreed to divorce. However, however, they did not want to give up the house. Now, if you're an upcoming lawyer and you're having a kid and baby, of course, you're going to be living in this big, big old mansion, right? It was a big house and whatever, but out of spite, one did not want to give it up. They were fine with everything else except for the house. And I think mainly because she wanted the house and he didn't really care for the house. He liked the house, but because she wanted it, she was willing to give up everything else the money and everything because she had the belief that her business is going to take off and she'll do fine she's a woman she can take care of herself and she has before and just because she said I will give up everything for the house click 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 in his head wow at first he didn't care for the house but because she wanted it and he knew that she wanted it and had a love for it here comes the spitefulness and here comes the hurt again he didn't want to give it up so what happened was that they came to a amicable agreement at the time um, where they both lived in the house on separate ends of the house because it was so big right However, the kids were there, the maid were there, still experiencing all of this back and forth hidden. It wasn't even hidden at this point. It was just straight up anger. It was um, um, deceit as far as it came so physical to the point that the house eventually got 
destroyed inside and at the end I'll just give you away the ending at the end you know they were trying to kill each other and to the point that they fell from a chandelier chasing each other and they both died it was so interesting at the end like um as they were dying on the floor um he tried to reach out and touch her and she had enough energy in her body to lift up his hand and fling it away like to move it away so I, I the reason why I told you all of that is because it has to do with the house well how is that a modern version as it relates to my family so I won't give names but you'll probably figure out who um, it does concern me <laughs> um, but in case you haven't figured out, I do have three sisters. <clears throat> Not three sisters. <laughs> it's three of us. I have two sisters. <clears throat> and I do have a uh, half-brother. Yeah, that's way younger What by another mother, right? I, I'm pretty sure I have... I don't know if I have other siblings. Let's put it like that. At least not for my mother. But anyway... Um, <clears throat> So let me set this the stage for you and bring you into current terms. And I wanted to talk about it because I want to ask you guys, what would you do? I just showed you the movie version and where they ended up. And I'll tell you the events that I'm aware of because I really don't care, but somehow I'm forced to care and somehow it's going to end up being something that I care about and I really don't. Um, however, and then I would just ask you guys what you think, what would you do? And so let's jump right into it. Um, so guys, this was, um, many, many years ago, um, back in the, let's just put many, many years ago, I would say a little bit over 50 years ago, um, or late 40s, 50s, that this couple um, got married and and basically had kids. And during a marriage, with any marriage, you want to buy a house, right? That's pretty much the, the case with all families out there. You want to buy a house. So what happened is that the, the woman in the relationship was working a good job and had saved up a lot of money. So the bulk of the payment towards the house, as I understand it, um, came from the woman's side. Like she had the majority of the money to pay for the house and the husband at the time also contributed. So therefore they bought the house together. I believe it's a three bedroom house. I think it's a three-bedroom house or a two-bedroom house. It's a three-bedroom. I'll just say three-bedroom. It's a three-bedroom house. It's in Jamaica. And um, that's where the couple reside, was in Jamaica at the time. So they had kids. So just picture it. It's a, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood in a, um, you know, in, is an up-and-coming um, housing development. Nice neighborhood. Nice family. Back in the... I want to say the 70s, you know, life was a little bit good in Jamaica as far as people were 
people were not migrating back. People were starting to migrate to the United States probably in the late 70s, within the 80s, 90s. But in the meantime, you know, the economy was a little bit decent. You know, families were visiting each other. Life was good. Um, you know, a little bit good. You know, like it's a nice neighborhood. Picture a house which have a tree in front of it with a with a tire as a swing and a swing to you know like a cute little um, neighborhood to raise kids in <clears throat> because of, <clears throat> excuse me because a lot of the families there had kids and the kids are just playing around in the street because back in the days you don't have to worry so much about killings and everybody's being scared and there was no massive disease that's taking over the world like it is now. Um, so life was a little bit decent back then. So here it is that the couple at the time bought this house and they lived there. And then eventually they went to the United States. They went to, um, after they went to the United States, they eventually got divorced and lived their own lives and carry on. However, by this time, the house was paid off for the house is paid off for so here it is that they're divorced and here it is that they're both in different relationships they're both remarried at least the woman is remarried and um, you know life goes on the kids that they have are grown have their own families and everything but here it is this house still sits there in Jamaica. The neighborhood is not as prominent as it once was. Um, Life has taken over Jamaica. It depends on who's upkeeping the house in the neighborhood, but the house still sits there. Now, I don't know all the events that happen as far as the negotiations for the divorce, However, they are divorced. The house is paid off for in full. So you're probably wondering who owns the house right now? Who has the title? So let me tell you, pretty much when you pay off a car, you know, you're making all these car payments um, to a company or whoever it is that you bought the car from, right? If you haven't paid for the car in cash, you're making car payments probably with a lot of interest. And eventually, when that term of your agreement, when you pay off the car, what happens when you pay? You make all of your payments within a certain time frame of the agreement is that that company sends you a title saying, you know, a car title saying that you now own the house, I mean the car, full outright. So that means that you can sell it. You can do whatever you want to do it. You don't have to make any more car payments. Well, the same thing is with a house. With a house, you're making all of these payments to a mortgage company, which is usually through a bank, um, and through a bank also. And when when it's paid off for, you don't have to pay anything. Maybe taxes at the end, that's it. But then you eventually get a title. So apparently during the divorce, no one wanted to give up this house. Do you see why I told you the story of the War of the Roses? It's like she wanted the house, she, you know, but yet the husband felt 
Oh, because she wants it out of spite. The word spite, you know, um, it's usually an act. I'll give you the, the correct definition of because uh, I'm going to be using that word quite a lot because I think it's very spiteful. Um, so let me just tell you what the definition is of it was actually comes up as spiteful and it actually says um, showing or caused by malice in other words it's a in, it's a malice intentful thing feeling that you're doing now I've lived on this earth long enough where I have made many assumptions from the outside looking in and most of the times I'm wrong and I've come now at this age that I am to realize that if you know looking back at certain things I'm the kind of woman where I like to speak my mind and say what I feel and then there are certain things that I feel like I should have just not said anything but it had to be said and um and I say that to say that you never know when life is going to come back at you and do the same thing. So especially when it has to do with people's situation or if they're in a dire state or something and I say something or question something, um, I've learned just to hold back a little bit. It's hard for me to do that though. To, to hold back a little bit in what my thoughts and opinions are in other people's situation, especially when they're coming to me, asking me, I'm, I'm diverting from, but basically I'm thinking of a, of, a, of a scenario right now that had happened. And you just never know where life is going to bring you, um, where you may end up in an almost similar situation. And then to have someone like me come and say something, how would I have felt? So lesson learned is that when somebody's on their down and out or whatever just be kind and gentle which I thought I was but um but just take it a little bit more easier because you don't know what that person is feeling when they're going through and down and out but anyway I digress for sidetracking and coming up with that but I just felt like it had to be said if you're in mood for a new candle or a clean base candle, check out Zenzaya Candle Company. That's Zenzaya. Zaya means life. Zenzaya Candle Company offers soy candles, wax melts, hand sanitizers, and so much more. Clean fragrance, clean non toxic non felifrit clean fragrant smelling candles that you can buy for your home or office. Be sure to check out Zensaya Candy Company and wake up the ZZ in your life. So guys, I am going to get back on track to the story. So here we are that the divorce and apparently the same situation happens where they they're fighting over the house and nobody wants to let go of the house. So in this event, here they are in the United States. The house is in Jamaica and the bank has the title. If you were the bank manager or the owner of the bank, who would you give the house to? Because technically the house is in both of their names, just like in the movie. What do you do? 
I think it was mentioned at a time, I, I, I'm not quite sure if the woman had said, <clears throat> I know one of them wanted to buy the other person out, and I'm pretty sure it was the woman who wanted to buy out the husband. But no, the answer was no. Whatever was said, life, you know, life happens. And I'll tell you what I mean by life happens. I was talking to somebody recently, um, a stranger. I was just talking to him. And he asked me, are you from Jamaica? And I was like, yeah. And somehow we were talking, talking, talking. And um, I said, I haven't been to Jamaica since my son was two months old. My son is now 23. So the person reactively, overdramatically said to me, what's wrong with you? Now, in my mind, I thought that was the wrong statement to say to me. It didn't make sense. What's wrong with me? Why does something have to be wrong with me because I haven't been to Jamaica? So I said, what's wrong with me? I said, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, life happens. Um, but he said again, what's wrong with you? Like he's picturing in his mind, this beautiful Island. And if I'm from Jamaica, why don't I want to go back? And then he said, Oh, there must be somebody that you don't want to see. Hell no. There you go with the assumption. You don't know me, but here it is that you're making this assumption based on this beautiful Island. And I said to him, life happens. When you have a young baby and you're raising your baby by yourself and you're working and you're hustling and you're doing this, I used to go to Jamaica every single year before I had my son and I went to Jamaica. So I pretty much told him there isn't that many much family members left out there and the uncles that I have that used to take me around, they're deceased right now. So it's like, who, you know, who am I going to stay with when I go out there? Who I stayed with is no longer there, at least that family member. So it's like all of that. So when I explained that, you know, a little part of that, he went, oh, in other words, you don't know why I didn't go out there. So if I go out there now, I, I do have someone, uh, family that I can stay with. But it's like, how am I going to get there? And do they have a vehicle, you know, and so forth and so forth. I had to think about the logistics of everything. It's not as how it was before. Let's put it like that. So coming back to Jamaica will probably be like coming like a tourist, staying at a hotel if I'm not able to stay with someone that's out there. You know what I mean? So people got to think about that, you know, like, so anyway. So I just said all that to say, life happens, you know, we get so busy with our current lives that we have bills to pay and everything. And then in the moment, you're hustling and bustling, daycare, sick, you know, up going, trying to do this, trying to do that. Life, it's life. And then somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, you're young and you're, you, you're not present. And I wasn't present at the moment. I was just, you know, looking back at it, I was just going, 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 going. Go 10 Lisa. I was just, guys, looking back at it now, I was actually just going through the motions and going, going, going. Um, I don't even know. I didn't really stop for vacation. It's not like when I moved to Georgia and then eventually I made time for vacation. I made time to get away. Um, 
I think in the past few years, I've been more and more present and taking time for myself. But back then, it was like, no, it was like so much going on. So that's what I meant by life happens. So back to the story. They didn't want to give up on the house. The bank now owns the house. So here they are. Life happens. They're continuing on with their life. But guess what, guys? Guess what the husband did? The ex-husband did. He secretly had someone... um, It's like they rented... It's like the house was being rented out. But it wasn't by the bank. Somehow he secretly went to the bank or did something and had tenants in the house and was collecting that rent money. So mind you now, this is from the... 80s somewhere in the 80s to now here we are in 2021 the husband has been collecting rent that's right people collecting rent you know side money off this house so you're probably asking yourself where is the wife the wife hasn't done anything the wife is aware of this right and um so here it is that she hasn't done anything. I don't know why. Um, I guess she felt like she doesn't have the strength or the power to do it. However, I want to say in 2000 something, um, the wife and one of her sisters went out to Jamaica, um, to take care of, um, their parents' land and property, because that is a bigger piece of property and it has to do with her and her siblings and she was out there for a week or so taking care of that property and getting all the titles and everything and transfers and everything done however keep that in mind you know that here you are two of the sisters um, because it's a big family went and took care of that land I'm not here to judge. I'm just pointing out, just pointing out what was done throughout the years. So here it is that, um, I don't know what's being used for the money that's collected on the house. I don't even know if that's legal or should it have been the bank? I don't know all the specifics, but I do know that here we are in 2021, the wife has the the wife has discussed it with a few of the children not all because not all cares about it well actually mainly probably one child is probably knows more details it's not me (laughs) but um so then um what happened is that I just found out recently that one of the tenants um, actually killed their spouse in that house or, you know, as Jamaicans will say, chop up someone in the house, you know? So then I just want to take a moment and ask you guys, like, what would you do in a situation like that? You're married to someone, you put in half or probably more of your contributions into the house, but yet both houses I'm sorry, yet the house is in both of your names. You get a divorce, 
but neither one wants to give up the divorce or the other person is fighting one. One of you is fighting the other for the house. Even in regards to buying out the other person, they don't want to do that. Whether it's regards to money, I don't even know how buying out that person would be. So let's say I'm just hypothetically giving, throwing out a number out there. Let's say the house is worth um, 50000 I'm just making up a number, 50000 right? And you are the man and you want to buy out the woman. Basically, the house will be split, I would think, 25 each, 20, 25,000 each, right? Because it's 50, 25 and 25 is 50. And let's say that you um, um, pay that person a little bit more than 25, or you know, because you want to, or even give the person the 50,000. That's what I'm thinking. And then, then you outright own the house. Because whoever owned the house can do whatever the hell they want to do at the house. They can actually sell it for triple or more and do renovations. You know what I mean? This is why a lot of people fight over materialistic things and what have you. Now, mind you, as you get older, you get a lot of experiences in life and what have you. So one of the children, me, was talking to the woman who owned the house and then that's when I found out that, you know, what, some of the events that happened in the house. Now, I gave my opinion because I really don't care. But then after I came off the phone call, I realized that it doesn't matter if I care or not. It's eventually going to end up in my lap if I'm still alive. You know what I mean? Because now it's going to become... A fight between the siblings. You get what I'm trying to say? Or maybe even the spouses. Because a lot of Jamaicans, I'm sorry to say this, do not have their um, their stuff in order. Meaning that as far as their assets and stuff like that, as far as wills, as far as who they're going to leave stuff to... They probably do, but it's been my experience, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's been my experience (laughs) that a lot of people find out a lot of stuff during a funeral. Either you find out you have another family member, or you find out some secrets or something or whatever um, during a funeral or when somebody dies. And then it becomes a battle of, oh, who should the house be left into? And then the children have to figure out who wants the house, who wants this, who wants that. I have a friend that um, um, we grew up with in New York and their mother died. The father had died before and the mother um, just passed away and their souls rest in peace. And she had five kids. And I like the way that somewhere along the line, they as children figured out how to navigate like who's going to be handling what because trust me when you have a big family and you have to deal not only are you dealing with the loss of a um of your family member or whatever you're dealing with that and plus you're going to take care of all their stuff people don't realize that you got to think about 
Who's going to deal with the clothes when the person dies? Who's going to deal with all their stuff? Who's going to be responsible for the house if they have a house? Who's going to be all the mail? Who's going to be, you know, stuff like that. So I like that they divvied up from what I can see who's going to be handling what and communicating what, you know what I mean? Like this person will handle the house. This person will handle this. And so I like that, you know what I mean? Because there's always going to be a fight and a hustle about who wants what. And then it's going to be about who do you give the per- the deceased person things to? Who wants it? Do you have an auction sale? Blah, 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 blah. Stuff like that, you know? And then it just becomes a cycle in life where every- everyone's going to have to go through that. Everybody, right? So... You know, I gave my opinion on a phone call to say, you know, once again, I really don't care. However, this was my advice. Why are you holding on to the house? Why are you holding on to the house after all these years? And then the response that I got was, well, I put in a lot in the house and my money put in a lot and da 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 I totally get it. Let me just say that I totally get it. Because the younger version of me, not to say that I'm old, old, but the younger version of me would have felt the same way. Would have felt the same way. I put in so much into this house. That was my first house. You know what I mean? And things didn't go as I wanted it to go. And now this person that didn't even put in as much as I did is actually fighting me for the house. And this person is actually a horrible, horrible person. Okay. So it's like, why hold on to the house? And that was the response that I got. What it it has to do to me with, are you kidding me? Is like letting that person, that's what I got. Are you kidding me? That's like... (laughs) that was the expression are you kidding me (laughs) and I had so much to say but yet I didn't want to say it and I didn't care because it's like (sighs) the only thing that, that I could say to that person in the moment was this there comes a time in a life when a person has to let go why hold on a house knowing that somebody died in the house who would really want that it's just a bad tragedy that happened in the house and you don't even know what else happened in the house why even hold on to that even if you put in a lot of money in the house there comes a time it's better for you mentally physically spiritually everything but mostly mentally to just let go you've moved on and have a new life it, it sounds to me like it's a matter of winning, like some, they're trying to outwin each other, just like in the movie, you know? And it's like, in that moment, I asked myself, what would I do if, if I was in that situation? I get it, especially if it's a, it's a small house. It's your first house. Everyone is attached to their first house. I have my house and I'm very attached to it. But like I heard someone say on YouTube, who's a real estate guy, the number one thing that they teach realtors is that when a person is attached to their house and they need to sell it, 
they are to tell the person it's just walls. It's just walls with paint and whatever, you know, try to put like another uh, picture in their head kind of thing to not make them attached because you can actually make any place your home. But I get it when you own a home and you put all that money in it and there are times that you feel like you can't do it and you do because it's like something that you outright own and you don't want to go back to renting. I totally, totally, totally understand. I totally understand. And this is why a lot of people who get divorced, there's always like a a battle and a fight over assets and money and house and whatever. But at some point it had to end. Here we are going on to close to 50 years of this nonsense. To me, and I said it, and I'll say to you guys, to me, this is nonsense. This has been going on too long. You're taking on that baggage and here you are in an older age Everything that's happening in the world right now with COVID and people dying, you just don't know. What happened if they die? Who you think is gonna hap- who you think is gonna be handling that house right now? Us. And I said I am not gonna go through to that thing. Okay? I'm not gonna go through years and years of this thing. I you know what I mean? So then I said to the to the wife, I said you had an opportunity when you were in Jamaica taking care of the other house. You had an opportunity to go and take care of your own house. Why didn't you do that? And then the response was, oh, you know how far it is? So then at, in that moment, I realized it's not important to you. I don't know if she's scared or I don't know if it's money-wise or she felt, I, I don't know. But if it was me, and this is why I say that I've learned about when you're from the outside looking in, we can say so much stuff until we're actually in that situation. But um, I get it. It's the principle of the thing. But come on now. It's going on 50 years or more. Come on now. Come on now. How much longer is this thing going to be dragged out to? to when both of you are dead and then all the kids have to deal with it? Come on. Come on. And I think in her mind, she thinks that, oh, at the right moment, I'm going to get him and then he's going to, he's not going to pay you back all the money that he has occurred from rental. You, You understand me? So I said, you need to handle this. You need to take care of this because this is getting out of hand now. I cannot believe that it went on, but I I totally get it, guys, where life happens. You know, there are times that you don't have money and you're just barely making it for your your own current households. And I get, you know, sickness, travel. But here we are in 2021 where we can't even travel to Jamaica anymore. So because this thing has drawn out, you're going to have to go through so many steps now just to even get to the island. And people have learned that when you're in a different state and you're trying to have other family members or strangers have um, handle your affairs when, when it's in a different country, like you have someone else as the middle person taking care of your stuff, 
they're not always truthful also. So the best person who can deal with your with your um, stuff is you. Because the middleman always lies or want to take part of the money or swindle or whatever. So here is the thing, guys. Don't let your life become part like War of the Roses. Ask yourself, what would you do? Me personally, I would have stood there. I don't mean physically stand there, but I would have settled it. I don't even know what kind of divorce lawyers they have or whatever, where they couldn't reach an agreement. I don't know how long does that happen after the after divorce. I think it would have to be a court case at this point. I would have pushed it to the point that it was a court case to make the judge make the final decision and say it has to be sold by X amount of time. And then the question in my head right now is, which court would actually handle that? Would that be a U.S. court or would that be a Jamaican court? That's another thing as well. And then you have to come up with the attorney fees. And just like if you pay taxes in the United States, and if you don't have the money to pay taxes and you're getting a refund, they will take the what you owe out of the refund. So I don't know if that's an option or how they would actually pay for the attorney because I honestly think it boils down to money as far as attorney fees but then it comes back to why wasn't this handled or pushed at the time you know and you're probably thinking oh I'll deal with it next year but then next year becomes 40 something 50 years later and nothing is resolved about this little three-bedroom house in Jamaica. One person is benefiting from it, the other person is not. But then it's like, it's like, I can't believe this is happening. But yet you're saying, oh, oh, you're going to fight it or you're going to, um, I don't know. It's like, I, 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 I can't fathom what's happening in the mind of the woman. I can't fathom it. I can't fathom what's in the mind of the children. I, can, I can't fathom what's in the mind of the bank person holding on to the lease. I, from, what, from where I stand, I think the ex-husband and the bank manager probably are in cahoots together. Who the hell knows? But I just wanted to share with you guys because this this is like real life events and it's like, okay, let's say that both parents are deceased. What do you do at that point? What do the kids do? So now because of COVID and everything that's happening and restrictions, Jamaica is on lockdown every other week or something like that. You know what I mean? from tourists, from people traveling, from everything, it's like, how is that going to be handled now? So if the world keeps getting worse and worse, so then it's now going to be continued, guys, as far as the ex-husband and his kid and wife or whoever is now going to be owning that house. Or not owning, but continuing to profit from that house. But then, as the children of the of the woman, 
of the wife, the ex-wife, you know, the wife, because she's now an ex-wife, it's like, do you sue that side? Like, it's, it's, it's a hot mess. All over property, all over pride. I get it. However, this is a hard lesson for, you know, that I wanted to share with you guys. So it's, it may sound like I'm judging or it may sound like, why, why, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? And I totally get that life happens. But I'm sharing it with you guys because I want you guys to know if you're ever in a situation like that or any situation, handle your business. Take care of it. It will be hard financially or whatever, but take care of it. Because to me, my advice was why even hold on to it? It's like you're holding on to the past. You're holding on to all of this bad stuff, energy, everything. For what? For money? Let go of that shit. That's what I really want to say. Like, like, I don't care. Because to me, I think he's already won. Don't you think so, guys? Or am I looking at things differently? I don't know what to think. I just, I just think it's so bizarre is the word that I want to use. It's so bizarre. Because now... We don't even know, I don't even know if that bank is even in a good standing. Let me tell you why I say that, guys. I went to a bank, which is my bank, Chase Bank. We all know it. If you live in the United States, it's called Chase Bank. I went to Chase Bank. Today is Thursday. I went to Chase Bank two days ago. And I went to the, uh, you know, you can pull up in in the ATM in in your car and I went to make I wanted to make a deposit. It says it's currently not taking deposits and something else and something else. So this is the outside ATM. So sometimes the outside ATM may not be working, so I have to go inside the bank. So because of COVID, you know, you need to be six feet apart and there's an inside ATM. So I had to wait because uh, somebody else was ahead. I went to the ATM machine because they only had one. Some banks have two right there in the lobby area. So it also said the same thing, that it's not accepting deposits. So I said, okay, walk back to my car. And I looked at my, my clock, the time, and I said, oh, okay. I only have three minutes. The bank is going to be open at nine o'clock. It, here it is at 8.57. I have three minutes. So I had bought breakfast um, before I came to the bank. So I sat in the car and started eating a little bit of my breakfast. Um, and I got the breakfast from Burger King. But yeah, so it was like, um, so yeah, I was drinking my orange juice and stuff. And here we are, nine o'clock. I came out the car, not finished with my breakfast, just left it there in the seat, went inside and started waiting in the lobby area with some with a couple more people. Still distancing ourselves, waiting for the bank to open. So the security cameras will probably see me, Lisa, looking through the glass windows into the bank. Because my little brain said to me, where are the people? 
So I'm looking and looking and looking, and they're probably looking at me, the people who are waiting, they're looking at me like, why am I looking? Because there's obviously no one. But do you know why I was looking, guys? Because in my mind, this is what I was thinking. I don't see anyone, which was weird. And maybe it's not so weird because maybe they're having a staff meeting because some people do have staff meetings. But then I was looking as close as I can to see where the staff meeting was in some of the rooms because a lot of the rooms had glass in it and I still didn't see anyone. So I looked back down on my clock. Here it is, 9.03, 9.04. And in comes this guy who I think I recognize him because I saw him a couple of months ago when I was withdrawing money. And it was the manager. Now the guy walks in and says, this bank will not be open today. At first, I thought I was being pranked. So a couple people walked out and I stood there and I said out loud without even me even thinking, why? Nobody else asked why. And I said, why? As he was opening the door. And he said, because I don't have any staff. So I said, there's no staff at all? He said, yes. I said, oh. So... I tell you this because I had to drive like several exits over into another county. It's not county, but it's a county or city to the bank because they weren't, that was the next Chase Bank. And as I'm on the phone with my mother telling her that, and I was like, I'm here praying in my head. Like, I hope that that bank is working because there's no other, I would have to go even further to deposit this money or I could let it stay. So I was just like, OMG, oh my goodness. So I say all of this guys to say that here it is, a big institution as a bank is shut down because either their employees have COVID or people don't wanna work or maybe everyone quit. I don't know what the situation. And because of that, the ATMs were not up kept Here it is. He's a manager. He's the only one that's coming in to try and straighten out everything. You never know what, where life is going to take us. And I think when the pandemic happened in 2020, I'll keep saying it over and over and over again. I think it's a wake up call for everyone to get their affairs and, and stuff in order. I've heard other people say that as well, or come to recognize that as well that you have to get your stuff in order because you never know what's going to happen. Here it is. We're now in 2021, back to the house situation. I don't even know if that bank is still in existence because there's so many companies and businesses that went out of business. Jamaica is not like the United States. Jamaica is a small country, which I hate the terminology, third world country, as I hear so many people say it before, but it's not a, um, a lot of their money is based off tourism. So with the economy and places shutting down and the whole world shutting down, how is Jamaica making their money? How is banks making their money? How is people, you know what I mean? So if you learn anything from this tragic story is, is don't let things carry on too long. Um, easier said than done. I'm an outsider looking in, even though it is affecting my life. But I can't say I wouldn't because some things we like to hold on to. 
but stuff like that, nip it in the bud, people. Nip it in the bud. Especially if you and the other person are no longer together, why hold on to it? Nip it in the bud. If the person wanted to pay you off, let it happen. Sometimes we have to swallow our pride. I get it. I totally get it. You don't want to because it's your money that paid in it. But in the long run, you're not winning. You're not winning at all. If anything, it's gotten worse. If anything, because now, now it's like, it's just going to be carrying on and on and on and on. And nobody has time for that. I'm not going to Jamaica to handle that, but I guess if circumstances and events happen or whatever, I would easily have a meeting with everyone. Easier said than done because I don't know what that other sibling's mindset is. You, you ju- So you see what happens? Now it's carrying on to the next generation. And who knows it's going to be carrying on to the next generation and generation. And it's just something that could have easily been fixed. Take the pride out of it settle it get it done and if and if the person was so passionate about their contributions to the house take it to the next level you have courts and lawyers in all countries take it to the next level get it done move on with your life because now you're bringing that extra baggage and energy and now you're bringing it into the next generation. And then people are, are taking on and forming their opinions. And now you're creating this, this negative energy against other people and against other situations. And it's just horrible. And I'm now at a stage where I don't want that negative energy. I don't want that vibe. You get what I'm trying to say? And I get it. That's something that you work very, very hard for. But... But what is better, to let go of it and have the peace? You, you'll probably be a little bit upset if, you, if it didn't go your way. But at least you have your peace and at least you don't have to worry. And at least you learn your lesson and you need to be present with what you currently have right now. Money is an evil thing as far as the way that it drives people to do certain things. Um, so yeah, guys, it's food for thought. What would you do? Or what advice or recommendation would you have at this point, knowing the circumstances? In the movie, they both died. The house eventually went to the kids. I, they didn't do a movie or follow-up to, to say, you know, with the kids, with the kids were loved and taken care of by the maid, you know, and by that lawyer friend. And they saw what it did to the parents. They lived all all that stuff that was happening, what the parents were doing with each other. At the end of the day, I'm hopeful to think that the kids just sold it and went on and moved on with their lives. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping. And I hope that if life is imitating art, I hope that our lives play the same thing where the kids just sell it and move on. You've been listening to Go Ten Lisa podcast with Lisa Waldron, where you can find a new episode each week by typing in Go to number 10 L I S A. Go Ten Lisa is all one word. 
Ghost and Lisa podcast can be found on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Radio Pocket, any podcast app. Just type in Ghost and Lisa. See my pink hair? Listen to the latest episode or get caught up on the, on all episodes. Tell a friend, give a rating, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Until next time, guys. Peace, love. Bye.